Hey guys, we're on to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 today, and uh, I just want to hit three main points with this chapter. It's a short chapter, but it is uh, probably, uh, it will stir up many questions with, within you. But I want to look at three things um, related to the Lord's second coming. And remember, uh, 2 Thessalonians is obviously following 1 Thessalonians, in which every chapter of 1 Thessalonians uh, addressed and discussed and ended with the Lord's second coming. So this was a young church, um, but with that young church, Paul thought it very important to thoroughly teach them and hand down, hand down to them teachings on the Lord's second coming. So we shouldn't think the Lord's second coming is a, uh, it is a complicated topic, but we shouldn't think it's a topic reserved for um, advanced, extremely mature, um, old believers We've got a lot of uh, history and experience under the belt. Paul uh, focused on this teaching with this young church. And so we sh- this, is, this is part of our gospel message that Jesus will come again and make good on all of his promises, right all wrongs, bring in his kingdom, consummate his salvation work within each one of us, and bring in, bring in a, new, a new age, a new world. And so this is the hope of our gospel. So it's something we need to know from the very beginning of our Christian life. Okay, well, 2 Thessalonians ramps up this teaching and uh, paints it in in pretty epic uh, colors in chapter 1 and chapter 2. And now in chapter 2, we're going to look at three points. Um, That is, number one, the man of lawlessness. Number two, the mystery of lawlessness. And number three, the message of hope. The man of lawlessness, the mystery of lawlessness, and the message of hope. Now, chapter two is uh, a correction, like Josh mentioned, encouragement, correction, and again, encouragement, correction. The correction here is on the Lord's second coming. Some were teaching that the Lord's, the day of the Lord is here. It's, it's, it's already here. It's already happening. And the second correction in chapter three will be related to that disorder and that misconception of the time when the Lord's coming manifested in disorderly living, thinking, hey, we don't got to work. We can cast off all responsibilities because, man, the Lord's coming is here. It's imminent. It's happening. Um, so Paul's correcting that in chapter 2. And basically what he says is, don't be deceived, verse 3, there will be certain signs before the Lord comes. And so the Lord's coming will be um, preceded by certain signs, definite signs. And and Paul in this chapter is giving us the last sign to look for. The Lord gave us three signs. Two have already uh, been fulfilled uh, in in the last hundred years. It's pretty amazing. So we know the Lord's coming is uh, is getting closer. The first two signs that that Jesus gave us was um, the restoration of the nation of Israel. That's talked about in the book of Matthew uh, chapter 24. Uh, second sign was the return of the city of Jerusalem to Jewish uh, rule. That's talked about in Luke. I think it's chapter 21. And the third sign is the rebuilding of the temple and a and the appearance on the world scene of Antichrist, or this chapter calls him the man of lawlessness. So that is the third sign, and Paul is telling us that until we see that third sign— then we know the Lord's second coming can't have already happened. Okay, so Paul gets into the details here related to the man of lawlessness. Uh, And I think these two chapters should 
correct our view of history and our view of Jesus. And that is history is heading to a, a concentration of, of forces in two men, Antichrist and Jesus Christ. And all lawlessness that is at work and all rebellion and all sin and all um, anti-godness will eventually culminate and concentrate in one individual person who will appear on in, on the world stage. And this chapter gives us the details. He will oppose uh, and exalt himself above all that is called God and set himself forth in the temple saying that he is God. So this is this is where world history is headed. It's heading to a concentration of lawlessness in one man, Antichrist, and a concentration of righteousness, justice, truth in another man, Christ. And history will end with a confrontation of these two concentrations, a confrontation between the man of lawlessness and the returning king. And so we need to have this view of Jesus uh, solid in our understanding of who Christ is and our appreciation and our worship of him. We need to not just think of Jesus as a mild, meek teacher. We need to understand he is coming back as a warrior king, a conquering king uh, to defeat injustice, lawlessness, unrighteousness, and bring in a kingdom. And these verses back in chapter one and, and in chapter two paint his second coming in powerful imagery. He's coming with the angels of his power in flaming fire, rendering vengeance, slaying the man of lawlessness with the breath of his mouth and bringing him to nothing by the manifestation of his coming. So this is this is uh, correcting maybe our understanding of Christianity as just kind of a moral, moral teachings, a way of being good, a way of kind of being nice. But Christianity is ultimately... Uh, about a cosmic battle, two kingdoms battling it out, and history will culminate with a confrontation of two men representing these two kingdoms, and our coming king will prevail. It's awesome, so awesome. And uh, so that's that's the first point, the man of lawlessness. There's a lot we could talk about there, but we don't got the time. Verse 6 says, Something right now is currently restraining his manifestation so that he's revealed in a particular timetable. God is in control of the timing of his revelation and has something in place. It's not very clear what it is, but something is restraining him, some power, some force, angels, uh, a nation perhaps. Um, But verse 7 says, this is our second point, until his manifestation, a mystery is operating in this age, and that is the mystery of lawlessness. So that is uh, the effect of sin and rebellion uh, operating in society, and it's getting worse and worse, and it's culminating. And um, this is related to the apostasy that verse 3 talked about. There's going to be a, a falling away from truth and law and justice and obviously the gospel and God and I think we are obviously seeing that, um, picking up pace over the last uh, 50 years even. And so this mystery is operating now, um, and it's operating, and it will culminate in the man of lawlessness. So the mystery of lawlessness culminates in the man of lawlessness. Um, and 
these two things, the mystery and the man of lawlessness, uh, operate with unrighteousness and a lack of truth, a lie, the power, the signs, the wonders of a lie, to deceive people from receiving the truth and the gospel to be saved. So we need to stand against the mystery of lawlessness that's operating now and the man of lawlessness that will appear, who will appear later. Okay, the third thing here is the message of hope. So we Christians are living in between what I like to say is in between uh, D-Day and V-Day. D-Day is the cross. V-Day is when Jesus will come and fully inaugurate his victory and his coming kingdom. That's at his second coming. So we live in between these two points in human history. And we are living amongst the mystery of lawlessness. Uh, But thank God, verse 13 says, God has chosen us and we have believed the gospel. We've believed the truth. We've been sanctified by the spirit and we've received salvation. And that salvation includes two things to sustain us today. And this is in verse uh, 16. God has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope in grace. And this should comfort and establish us and lead to every good work. Um, So the message of hope is that currently we're sustained in this age of lawlessness by the hope of the gospel and the truth of God's work for our salvation, ultimately leading to our obtaining the very glory that Christ has and will have and manifest at his second coming. And also the message of hope is that Christ is coming and will right all wrongs and will destroy the source of wickedness and lawlessness and injustice in this world and bring in a kingdom and a realm of peace, unimaginable joy, and dazzling glory. So this is uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, um, the man of lawlessness, the mystery of lawlessness, and the message of hope. And we should know and experience uh, the Lord in these, these aspects. That will establish us and save us from being shaken and alarmed, like verse 2 talked about. So one last takeaway here is deceptive teachings shake and disturb believers and lead to a falling away from the, the strength and this, the uh, foundation and the, and the security of the gospel. And to be comforted, comforted and established, we need to be clear on the truth. Um, so hopefully this helps a little bit on Second Thessalonians chapter 2 the man of lawlessness, the mystery of lawlessness, and the message of of hope. Praise the Lord.